So, here we are with the shepherds. Why the shepherds of all the people? If we think that God didn't do things by mistake, God didn't do things unplanned, he obviously chose the shepherds to send the the, the legions of angels down to be singing before them. And the shepherds must think, why me? Why me? Why this day? And why this place? We can put the next slide up. God of the everyday. And I think if this scene speaks of anything to me, it says God breaking in. There was nothing weird about that particular day for them until this moment. They were doing their routine. They were doing the things that they always did. And God turns up, you know, and God breaks in. And I think one of the important lessons here that we, as, we, as we first look at this is that he is the God of the everyday. When we think today is just going to be a normal day, don't know when you get out of bed in the morning where you just think, I know what's going to happen today, blah, 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 you know, because this is what I've got on the list this morning, this is what I usually do, and then I go to here, and then I go to there. Uh, and we see that the day is shaped. But actually, this tells us about the God of the everyday, the God that breaks in and says, here I am. Today is not an ordinary day. Today isn't the everyday. And the first thing the angels say, obviously it's a, it's a terrifying sight, totally unexpected, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I think the phrase, do not be afraid, appears just under a hundred times in Scripture. So I'd say there's a bit of a theme there. Something that, that God wants to be saying to us. The first thing they said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Maybe it was, do not be afraid of this like myriad of angels that have just appeared for you as, uh, before you as an awesome sight. The blinding light that's sent from God. But maybe there was a deeper, there's no need to be afraid anymore. There's no need to be afraid. God breaks into the everyday and says, there's no need to be afraid anymore. God also said to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. God also said to Joseph, after he had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Written through the Christmas story is the phrase, do not be afraid. I think God's trying to say something to us. He says there's a new thing happening. The God of the everyday comes to the shepherds. He breaks in to the everyday and says, do not be afraid. What would that look like for you? What, would, what is your everyday? What is the routine that's laid out before you as you probably go into this next week? Monday, maybe. What would it look like for you for God to suddenly break into the everyday? 
Do we even have any expectation that God would break into our everyday? Do we think, it is what it is, it'll happen? But actually, we believe that what God is doing isn't confined to these four walls, don't we? We believe that what God is doing is is, is even bigger than what happens on a Sunday. So therefore, we can step into the everyday with expectation. This is what I'm ex- I, I think will happen today, you know. But if God turns up, who knows? You know, slightly different. You have that spirit of expectation, and do not be afraid. What are you fearful for? And this is the thing. In that, we have our confidence. Sorry, I'm looking at this screen because my eyes won't permit me to see that one. I've done the writing too small. Once you're over 50, that's, that's it for me. I know, it doesn't look like it, but that's okay. Psalm 118, verse 6 says, The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Can you see the confidence that we are able to step out into our week with? Our confidence is in the Lord. Our confidence is in God. What can mere mortals do to me? We can stay on Monday and say, Come on, week, do your best. What can you possibly do to me? Because God is out there and I'm going to meet with him in some unexpected times and some unexpected places. If we could put the next slide up. For unto you is the phrase about this good news that they bought. So breaking into the everyday, meeting with the shepherds, one phrase is, for unto you, you, Pointing to the shepherds. Whatever you think you are, wherever you think you've been, whatever you think you deserve, it's you. Unto you a child is born. It's personal. It's personal to each of us. God wants to say, unto you a child was born. This good news is nothing if it's not personal. Jesus was born and Jesus died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever, this is personal, this is you, whenever we open scripture, whenever we read that amazing love story, it's you. It's about you. Sure, it's about all of us. Sure, Sure, it's about the salvation of the world. But ultimately, for unto you, a child is born. This is nothing if it's not personal. And he was saying to the shepherds, this is part of God's choice to come to the shepherds. For unto you, for unto people like you, my son has been born. The people who are, who are the salt of the earth, the everyday people doing their everyday jobs, for unto you a child is born. And whatever you think about yourself, whatever I I think about myself, how I value myself, how I see myself. God says this is personal. I love you. I love you this much that my son will go to the cross. And so this encounter says that, that God is nothing if not personal. And the next slide says, for unto you, born this day, Not only is this personal, it is now. The angels are saying, 
This isn't an idea we're running by you. This isn't a plan. This isn't a, a deacon's meeting to, to sort out what we may do in the future, lovely as I'm sure they might be. Uh, but this is now. This is here. This is now. This is the immediacy of God, the God of the here and now. 2 Corinthians 6.2 For he says, In the time of my favour I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. So often we put things off, don't we? So often we're, we're so waiting for a sign. Uh, so often we're waiting for things to come right. But sometimes God's saying... Born, born this day. It's now. Now is the time. Now is the moment. Here I am. Now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. What does that mean to each of us, just to hear that message? It's right now. It's here in this place. It's in your house. It's in your workplace. It's in your schools. It's where you mix. Now is the day. There's a real sense of the immediate about it. If you're anything like me, you're good at putting things off. You're good at procrastinating. You're good at thinking, yeah, that'll be all right. Yeah, I'll file that and I'll do that. But God is saying today is the day of salvation. What does that mean in our conversations and our our relationships? What does that mean about how we we view ourselves? What does that mean as we look upon a lost world Not only the lost world that's far off, but the lost world that God has placed in our sphere of influence. Because it's no mistake where we are, where we live, where we work. God has placed us. God has said, you know, you might not be able to change the world, but you can change this. This is what I've given you at this moment, in this moment of time. What does this Christmas mean to say, it is now? It is here, the day of salvation. If we could put the next slide up. Because God sent a saviour. It's practical. The complex, sorry, the needs of this world are so complex, aren't they? There is so much going on, so much happening, so much sadness, so much pain, so much darkness. But God gave us an answer that was just simple. He gave us a saviour. The answer to man's greatest need. Our sin. The cause of everything. God didn't give us theory. He, he didn't give us a, 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 load of, a load of rules and say, go work it out. He said, I'm giving you a saviour. It's practical. I'll tell you a story about a man. Now this man was not feeling well. He was probably wondering what that little thing, what on earth that picture's got to do. It's it's to remind me about this story. Um, So this man, he had flushed face, his ears were ringing, his eyes were bulging, and he was getting in a right state about things. And he was trying to get to the bottom of it. What's happening with me? What's going on? He saw many doctors, different medics. One of them, they took his appendix out. Still, it was happening. One of them took his tonsils out. That's the answer. But no, no, it was still happening. And it was really starting to wear him down. 
Another doctor started taking, well, dentist, started taking teeth out. But no, that wasn't the answer either. Until finally he was speaking to a doctor and he said, I'm sorry, but the news isn't great. From what I can see, you know, you've got about six months. Just go and enjoy life. That's exactly what the man set out to do. He was going to do all the things that he always wanted to do. He said, I'm going to enjoy this six months, even though I've got all these symptoms. And one of the things was he loved dressing up. He loved to look dapper. Uh, And he went to the best tailor. He got measured up for suits, all the suits that he liked. He said, better have a few shirts as well to go with all these suits. And he was putting the shirts on and trying the, the... the guy was measuring up the tailor and he measured him and he says, okay, sir, I can see you are a size 16. And he went against the shirts and he says, no, I'm a size 15. He says, no, no, sir, you're a size 16. He says, no, no, I'm a size 15. I always have been. And so the, the tailor came again and measured him and he says, no, you're definitely a 16. And he says, no, I want my shirts to be a 15. Okay, you can have your shirts as a 15. But please don't come back complaining to me when your ears start ringing, your eyes start bulging, and your face starts looking flushed. God's answer is simple to all the complex needs. It's a simple answer. It's a saviour. Born to you, personal, this day, right now, is a saviour. And that's what we celebrate as we look uh, at at Advent and we we prepare for Advent, that actually man's greatest need, whatever we see on the news about uh, President Trump and Brexit and all of these things that we just think we can't get our heads around, we see the pain and anguish in this world, but actually the answer is a saviour because we're in this mess and we can't get ourselves out. We were drowning in our sin. We were in the gutter and there was nothing that we could do. There was no one to pull us out because we were all in the same boat. We were all in the gutter. So God sent a saviour to pull us out, to give us a hand, to pull us out and brush us down. To pay the price for that sin that is the world's problem. The saviour was God's solution. We can put the next slide up. And this was fulfillment. This was practical. For years they knew that that something was coming, Messiah was coming, that God was going to do something. And here it was. The good news is practical. He is Christ the Lord. He is the one promised that God would send. He is Messiah. He is the fulfillment of all that was promised over thousands of years. But good news to all people. All people. All people groups. All nations. All places. All societies. All levels of society. And I think there's something important about saying to a bunch of shepherds, this is good news to all people. A bunch of working class shepherds out in the fields. 
probably detached from anything else that might be happening, not really up to date on the news. The ones with the gnarled hands, the dirty fingernails, the ones that would carry sheep, fend off wild animals, live out in the fields. Good news to all people. Remember that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he said that whoever would believe in him. The good news isn't just about, although kings are involved, wise men are involved. But it's not just about the academics, the, the, the so-called achievers of our world, the people, that have, uh, the people of blue blood, the people of government, the people of money, the people of power. God comes to the shepherds to show this is good news to all people. And I'm choosing you, you know, you're going to be the first to know. You know, you think, God's priorities, I've come to these people before, before anyone else. I've come to you because you're precious. I've come to you to demonstrate this is good news to all people. Good news to us. Good news to the people we rub shoulders with. Good news to those we might feel that are unreachable. Good news to those that we feel might be far off. Good news to those you just think, I would just love you to come to faith. I'd love to see you in church. But I just couldn't picture that day. You know, I just couldn't imagine that day and what it would look like. Good news to those people as well. We can put the next slide up. And the thing about the shepherds was, there was immediate response to that good news, wasn't there? It wasn't like, hmm, did you see that? Yeah, that was good. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, whose turn is it to sleep? You know, let's pack the lunch around. Actually, they realised something so radical had happened, something so life-changing, so amazing, earth-shattering was taking place that they needed to know more. Isaiah 55.6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. It's going back to that, now is the time, isn't it? When we hear the good news, there is an immediate response required. And they went out and said, this is just amazing. You know, let's, let's go and see what the angels have told us about. Let's go and, and, and be a part of this. And so the immediate response happened. And sometimes it's a challenge to us, isn't it, that, that immediate response? How often that someone blesses us, how sometimes we'll open scripture and be so blessed. I think that's, that's really good. That's just really blessed me. That's just really soaked me. This has been a really good thing. Or maybe it was a, a, a good, uh, maybe it was a good sermon. Probably not this morning's, but uh, one of one of the other ones. Uh, but but something that really blesses us. Do we just keep that to ourselves and think mm, that was nice? It's like almost like uh, a little jacuzzi that we've just sat in and thought, yeah, that was nice. Or has God told us because there's an immediate response required? What am I going to do with this? How is this going to change things? What's God trying to tell me? Why has he blessed me at this particular moment? And it may be, maybe that that's just for that moment. It might be that word of confidence, that word of reassurance. But actually to ask the questions, 
actually, what are you saying, Lord? Why, why has this come at this particular time? What do you want me to do with this? But the shepherds knew what they must do. They knew that there was an immediate response required. Put the next slide up. Because now is the time. The shepherds knew that. And we need to know that. Sometimes now is the time. God wants to say now is the time. Now is the time while you have the opportunity. Maybe a door is open somewhere. Maybe a conversation has started. Now is the time for you whilst you have the opportunity. Now is the time while it's fresh, while the Lord is dealing with you. Now is the time, and now is the time when you could easily be doing a million other things. But the shepherds, now is the time when actually they could have been staying looking after their sheep. There will always be better things to do, not better things, other things to do. There will always be things that are left. But sometimes the immediacy is God saying, now is the time. And we need to tune into God in such a way that we hear that now. When he says to you, Adrian, now is the time. Now while you have the opportunity. Now while something is fresh. Now while the Lord is dealing with you. How often do we leave church with undone business? I know I do sometimes. Think, oh, the Lord's done something then. I'll come back to that. But actually, God sometimes wants to say to you, now is the time. Who knows what tomorrow holds? Who knows what doors are closing? You know? I think one thing uh, about working in a hospital is that we know nothing about what tomorrow brings. You know, being at different bedsides, different ages, different people. Some things expected, some things totally unexpected. Our, Our life turns upside down in an instant. What does that mean to you this morning? If God was to say, actually... If God is saying something to you this morning or he's been saying something to you over this week, are we tuned in that God says, actually, now is the time. Now is the time. And the shepherds knew that that was true. If we can put our final slide up. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then later it says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is what I like to call the gospel. You know, something so amazing has happened, it's soaked into my every pore that it can't but come out. This is what's happened to the shepherds. So I've recognised something that's life-changing. I've recognised something that's told me life is not going to be the same again. My life is not going to be the same again. I've beheld something that has just changed everything for me. This is a rule changer. And when that happens, how can we not tell people? How can we not throw that into our conversations? So for the shepherds, there was no... There was no sort of separation. Okay, this was, this was that life. 
uh, and this is the rest of the life, these people might think I'm weird, you know. I, I don't want to isolate myself. I don't want them to think I'm a weirdo. Actually, something had so consumed them that all barriers were down. Whoever they saw, whoever they chatted to, talking with one another, they, it came out of every pore what they'd seen. They recognized that life was never going to be the same again. This world was never going to be the same again. Big challenge for us, isn't it, really? We don't want to look weirdos either in our conversations. But actually, maybe for us, something massive has happened. The day we came to faith, we lived the reality of what Jesus has done in the incarnation and then what he later fulfilled in his death. We live in that freedom. We live in that time where we need not be afraid. Do not be afraid, God says to us. We live in that time where we are living in the freedom that Jesus has paid on the cross. Life has changed. The world will never be the same again. Our world will never be the same again. Does that so flavor us that it taints our conversations? doesn't mean we need to be all hallelujah, brother, are you washed in the blood of the lamb? And you know, we, don't, we don't need this language, but actually when something so consumes us, let it just come out in our words, in our life, in our natural place. What would that look like for each of us this week? We're in an interesting time coming up to Christmas where it's one of the few times a year that it's okay to talk about religious stuff. You know? It's okay because, oh yes, it's Christmas, we can talk about that. Let's not put it on our Christmas cards anymore, but you know, we, can, we can talk about it. Um, but it's on the agenda. It's on the telly. It's in our songs. People will still want to see ca- sing carols at Christmas. So a door is opening for, for each of us in our conversation. Now is the time to gossip the gospel in our everyday. Over tools in the workplace, over tea and cake, over dogs and leads, over babies and prams. Where will it be in this coming week? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that as we read the shepherd's story, the shepherd's account, it's so much more than just a story. It's about us. It's personal. It's here and it's now. Lord, you have appeared and you are here with us today. Those who know you, you are living in us. You're living in our hearts. Help us step out this day with that sense that the shepherds had, that life is never going to be the same again. Help us step out as the shepherds did with that awe and wonder that so consumes us. Help us to have our conversations so tainted by this life-changing event that people will see something in us. Lord, bless us. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Send us out this Christmas. Let us see those doors that are ajar, those moments that are fresh, and hear your voice say, now is the time. Amen.